on today's episode. Regarding life issues and compassion is how many, what we might say, anti-life practices and policies and attitudes that are out there are promoted to everyone as being compassionate when in fact they are anything but. Well, we, we should let women who are in desperate situations have abortions because that's the compassionate thing to do. This person has been in a coma for, for two weeks and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. The compassionate thing to do would be to end his life. This lady has been suffering horribly from this disease for a long time. She feels really bad. She doesn't want to live. The compassionate thing would, would be assisted suicide. But none of that is actually compassionate. Yes, it is feeling something, but it's not feeling the right thing. Welcome to the Life Challenges podcast from Christian Life Resources. People today face many opportunities and struggles when it comes to issues of life and death, marriage and family, health and science. We're here to bring a fresh biblical perspective to these issues and more. Join us now for Life Challenges. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Krista Potras, and I'm here today with Pastors Bob Fleischman and Jeff Samuelson. And today we're going to have a, an episode that is going to be reflective of this time of year, and we're going to be talking about Christmas compassion. During the holidays, especially, we have a lot of opportunities to maybe show compassion to other people. And it does seem to be just kind of part of the season culture, too. There's places that ask for more donations during this time of the year because they feel that people maybe just are a little bit more generous or it's the season or the Christmas spirit. Um, you know, last year we did do an episode on the Christmas spirit, too. And so, I mean, I guess maybe just kind of starting, what is it kind of about this time of year, really, that plays on people's compassion? Compassion is a really appropriate thing to be talking about at this time of year because as Christians, we understand that the greatest act of compassion that there ever was was God in heaven looking at uh, miserable, sinful you know, humanity and saying, I'm going to send them a savior. You know, that was uh, feeling our disastrous situation and uh, saying, I'm I'm going to do something to, to alleviate that. And he sends, uh, sends a savior. That's, that's the ultimate in, in compassion. And so we, just as the habit of giving gifts at Christmas was a reflection of the gift that we received from God at, at Christmas. So also because we as Christians recognize God's compassion to us, it's natural then that this would be a time at which we would show compassion as well. One of the things that always strikes me is this high level of nostalgia and you know tradition that comes out at Christmas. I and I, trust me, I am like the number one nostalgia tradition guy that there is. In fact, at our at our home for mothers, I make a big deal of for the staff to really reinforce like traditions around Christmas, because one of the one of the benefits uh, of strong traditions or family traditions is that even when a family becomes fractured during the year. It's a good time to bring them back. 
there may have been a falling out in the family, but you know, every Christmas we always gather at mom's. She's going to be expecting us. So even people at, at odds with each other, sometimes we'll find cause to come back and hopefully work at burying the hatchet and so forth. So on the positive side, there's those good things. On the negative side is that we tend to treat it like a once a year thing. Um, and you know, I, I've always been, um, I participate in the uh, Toys for Tots and the food drives and so forth. We, Diane and I both participate in those things. But we think, I think, that it's a, it's a grave mistake to, to treat it like a one-off thing. And it gets a lot of attention. It's a little bit like here at CLR. I always tell everybody, you know, we get 25% of our support in the last two months of the year. Just everybody, because there's generosity and so forth. The reality is the need is there 12 months a year. The same thing applies to the food drives that we do at Christmas. The same applies to the parenting things and getting gifts and so forth that we try to help out with those who are less fortunate, that they still have those needs year-round. And I think you pull the stop out pull the stops out at Christmas, you do those things, but it has to accompany a strategy that says, how can we keep this going? You know, what can I do that's more than just the one one shot a year? When Jeff was talking too about how just the Christmas story shows us God's compassion and his love and then just that idea of giving gifts and everything, you know, I can see like with Christians and stuff, um, but it also seems to like permeate our culture too. So I guess my question is why do non-Christians also seem to be more willing to talk about compassion and to show that during this time of year as well? To to some extent, they're cheating. Uh, What I mean by that is they're taking as universal values, things that are really Christian values that have permeated the culture. And in many cases, they're, they're rejecting, um, what comes really only for from Christ for Christians, um, but they're saying, "Oh no, this this is for everybody." But you know, if you were to look at history, you know, you'd say, or or even take an evolutionary biology point of view, you know, it's like, well, there's there's no reason for this otherwise. But compassion feels good. It certainly feels good to be the one receiving compassion, but it can feel good also for you as the one one who shows it. But as Bob, you know, w- w- was mentioning how it tends to be just a, a once once a year kind of thing. Like compassion can also be kind of tiring. It's work. <laughs> so it's kind of nice to only, you know, to, to have this one time a year where everybody's feeling warm and nice and friendly and everything like that. And you do something nice for somebody and you get nice feelings back from them. But um, it, it's nice because it's, again, just that, that one time of the year and you, you don't have to put yourself out there in the same way the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. How, as Christians, do we maybe kind of fight that in a way to show compassion throughout the year and have it not just be the one time a year type of thing? Well, I, I think it, it, it first of all begins with, um, you know, when you look at what Christmas is, which is the celebration of God's gift of Christ, and technically we do celebrate that year round. But it takes a forefront position, even in our celebration of Christmas, because what oftentimes gets the forefront position is 
I got to get the meat for the meal and I've got to get, you know, we got to make the, the salads and, and so-and-so was going to bring this, but then they changed it and uh, they were going to bring the muffins and they forgot. And, you know, those all kind of begin to replace the forefront. Uh, when we opened up New Beginnings in Colorado back in 1993, you know, I just made a big deal about the traditions of Christmas and Easter and so forth. But like a year or two before we relocated it to Milwaukee, so around 2012 or 2013, um, Heidi, who was, uh, we, she's been on this uh, podcast, Heidi did something that I had never uh, seen or was aware that they were, they were, or maybe she started it, could do. And that was, um, we had we had done all of these, people had donated all of these wrapped presents for our mothers and children at New Beginnings, which was wonderfully thoughtful. And it was, it looked wonderful all under the tree and they sent me pictures. But then they sent me a video and I got that video floating around here someplace. But there's Heidi cross-legged sitting on the floor. And she said, before we open up any of the presents, we're going to read Luke 2. And she read Luke 2. And, and at the very end of that, one of the residents said, I have never heard that. Now, she's heard of Christmas, and she's probably heard of Jesus, but never heard the story. And I, um, I, you know, I learned a long time ago that you can't take for granted what you think people know about things that we strong Christians know. And that might even be the birth of Jesus. I'll, I'll tell you a little story. I may have told this on a previous episode. So... I- um, you know, we've talked about the the whole message of Christmas and how that shows God's compassion. Um, are there other things from Scripture where we really learn about com- compassion? You know, you you look at the entire plan of salvation. I mean that that that's rooted in in God's compassion. There, there's a, a an interesting word that is used uh, in 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 the Greek. I'm not going to butcher the pronunciation of it on on this podcast, but it's used of Jesus many times in the Gospels. You know, say he looked at the crowds and and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. The root of the word literally has to do with one's inner parts, one's entrails, and saying that that's where where you know this feeling um, begins, and 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 so so it's figuratively meaning a very deep feeling. And we have an approximate equivalent in English when, when we say, you know, I, I really felt that in my gut. Um, but the idea of compassion is that you're feeling along with someone or you're suffering along with them. It's basically, in terms of its construction, the same as the word sympathy. So we see Jesus, who is our model for, for living, that he doesn't just say, oh, this person has a need and, and intellectually uh, assess that. He, you know, he feels it and feels it deeply. And so certainly if, if to the extent that we try to imitate him, we're, we're going to want to also feel deeply alongside someone with someone in whatever they're, they're experiencing when we see people. But, you know, in, in the epistles and the practical, uh, parts of those, you know, Peter, uh, Paul, James, they all use same, uh, same word or similar word, uh, to, to tell us as Christians that we should have compassion on other people. And again, it's this the same idea to not just be satisfied with the idea of, oh, I already know what they need, but to actually feel it with them, to try to put yourself inside their situation. And um, you know that 
it's meaningful when you're on the receiving end of that. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, it's powerful for that. But it also means that when it comes to the, the, the step that follows, which is what can I do to help? We're going to be doing so in a much more informed way, much more sensitive way. And, um, I'll just say that's, that's the Christian Christ-like way. I, I have always wrestled with the distinction between compassion and sacrifice. I always seem to come out where they're, they're almost synonyms. You know, they, they, um, they seem to be the same kind of thing. For example, you know, if, um, they take your coat, you give them their, your shirt. You, they tell you to walk one mile, you walk two. You know, that, that requires sacrifice. You got Philippians 2, you know, um, in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. And then in verse 5, it says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Peter um, said in his first epistle, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. You know, and, you know, compassion is, um, I, as I get older, I'm, compassion isn't an event or an occasion. It's a lifestyle. When you talk about what Christians can do is you, you try to make it a lifestyle. I, I used to always tell the story about when, um, when we had the holidays at the Fleischmann home, my mother always had this thing about finding the widows and the widowers and having them over. And to the point where you see them in all of our family pictures and stuff, they were like part of the family. But my point is, is that, you know, not only were they there for Christmas or Easter, but they were there for birthdays. They were there for dinner just on a Friday night or whatever. It became, it just became a normal thing, a kind of a habit. And I think that when we look at what we do at Christmas and and sit down and just say, what what did we do at Christmas that genuinely helped someone? I, I agree, like what Jeff was saying. You know, it, it you do feel good for doing it, but if you look at the other person ahead of you, you know, you just say, "What did I do for Christmas that genuinely helped someone?" Now, how can I translate that into something I can do year round? And uh, but you got to accept the fact that it involves sacrifice, and sacrifice in, in my thinking, sacrifice. And sacrifice itself needs some defining because sacrifice isn't just giving out of your plenty. It literally means sacrificing. In other words, I was going to do something with the, with my time or I was going to do something with this amount of money, but now I'm going to do this with it for the sake of others. And I think that's a mentality that's very hard to learn and to practice, and we're still working on it. Yeah, and even even getting aside from the the heavy word of of sacrifice, and back closer, you you talked earlier about you know having a habit of of doing certain things. It's just a reminder that sometimes, well, we don't have Christ's perfect knowledge and wisdom, so we're not going to automatically know exactly what somebody needs when they're suffering or in need. So it may require work on our part to find out what it is they need or to do some research or be persistent in saying, yeah, I know I, I asked you three times already how I can help and I'm actually serious. So I'm asking a fourth time. Compassion is not going to be something that's just going to be a, you know, flip the switch. Okay. I did that. And now I'm done. It's something that's going to take some effort. 
When we think about uh, Christian Life Resources, too, um, you know, what are ways that compassion is really central to the work being done here at Christian Life Resources? Well, you know, it it it's a lot more than just telling people what not to do or what's wrong, but trying to help them live with making the right decisions and helping people. You know, um, I remember uh, very early on one of the earliest episodes, Jeff Jeff made the comment once, you know, life is messy. And and that really just kind of keeps ringing in my head as I as I'm applying, you know, I'm in the budget process for next year and all that kind of stuff. And life is messy. So when you when you're helping people, it's never clean cut. You help people and they're never as appreciative as you think they would be. They never um sometimes they don't even look as deserving as you kind of imagine them to be. Um and then I try to remember that you know, no place at all in Scripture and all of the directives on thinking and caring for others. Uh, did anyone ever have to fill out a form to qualify? You were to always feed the hungry and and give water to the the thirsty and visit the visit the imprisoned. I mean, even think about that. You visit the imprisoned. You're in prison because you did something wrong, but you visit them. You know, in other words, you you don't you don't measure um, the the caliber of um, the deservedness, because that's where you begin introspectively. You've got to look at your own heart, and you've got to say, do I deserve anything that God has given me, uh, let alone Christ himself? I, I always like to point out, uh, and I just preached uh, uh, locally here this past weekend, and I always like to point out, I, this is exactly what I do, it. I've used it multiple times. I'll say, I've preached in hundreds of churches over the last 40 years, and I said, in every church, you do the same thing. I said, now you're close. I could have been here last week. I could have been here the week before. I could come here next week, and I'm willing to bet in the service you're going to do the same thing. You're going to confess your sins. Now, the question crosses my mind. Didn't you mean it last week? You know, why are we doing this week after week after week after week? And it's because at some point you got to realize that I'm never living up to the standard that I know that God would want me to live up, and I and I I sorrow over my sin. I said, once you grasp your own unworthiness, you know your own sinfulness. I said, then you begin to start thinking more of others, like we do at CLR and that we do at New Beginnings. And and the thing is, is you're not going to always be thanked. They're not going to always live up to the standard you think that they should live up. They're not going to always be appreciative enough. But that's irrelevant. Why? Because I'm not, and I'd like to leave with the the image of Jesus hanging on the cross and reminding people that um, he still says, "Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing," and and he's saying that about me, and that's what we got to keep in mind. Yeah, one other thing that uh, comes to mind, I think, you know, worth pointing out that regarding life issues and compassion is how many what we might say anti-life practices and policies and attitudes that are out there are promoted to everyone as being compassionate when in fact they are anything but 
well, we, we should let women who are in desperate situations have abortions because that's the compassionate thing to do. This person has been in a coma for, for two weeks and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. The compassionate thing to do would be to end his life. This lady has been suffering horribly from this disease for a long time. She feels really bad. She doesn't want to live. The compassionate thing would, would be assisted suicide. But none of that is actually compassionate. Yes, it is feeling something, but it's not feeling the right thing. And your goal really is to put someone you know, out of your own misery, so to speak. I, I don't like seeing that, so I'm, I'm going to end it. It's not compassionate to increase a mother's guilt by pushing her into an abortion or to sever her uh, risk with her child. It's not compassionate at all to um, take the life of an unborn child. It's not compassionate to uh, imagine that just because you don't think you would want to live a certain way that you should end the life of somebody else or permit them to end their life. It's just important to understand that, that true compassion always wants what is best for the other person. And uh, that, 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 that can't be death. And, and I think that that's, that's a big thing to recognize is that Christians have the definition, the true definition of compassion. Just because other people want to use the word to describe, you know, another activity doesn't make it valid. We have the true definition. And if we practice it, uh, hopefully it rubs off on a few people. So as we're kind of closing out here too, I um, want to give our listeners some maybe practical ways that they can do compassion or show acts of compassion throughout the year. And I definitely agree too, as I think Bob, you mentioned it, like just being a lifestyle choice and um, and just, you know, kind of doing that all throughout the year. Um, so what are some, some things that people can do uh, throughout the year? Well, you know, charity work, donation to worthy nonprofit causes and things like that. That's, you know, that, that is a good and, and, and worthy thing. One thing that I, I would usually point out about that is that you think about, you know, kind of strategically, if everybody, including non-Christians, is giving to this cause, then maybe that's kind of covered. And maybe as a Christian, you should focus on, on the things that are not being covered by everyone. And that means keeping your eyes open. Uh, to uh, get out of your your own busy little world and and see others as as much as possible, see them as they really are and in the situations they're really in, and uh, so it's not just going to be about about giving. It's going to be having compassion on the overworked retail worker at the store when you're you're shopping. It's going to be having compassion on the overwhelmed parent that you you work with or the student in your home or your classroom who has all sorts of tests and papers and things due before Christmas and. The, the, the person in your church or your neighborhood who recently lost a loved one and it's going to struggle to find joy, you know, in the, in the holiday. These are people to have compassion on. And again, it may take a little work to, you know, to, to push yourself into that and, and such, but be looking for that, you know, keep your eyes open and, and feel with them, you know, and, and don't be afraid to, to feel deeply yourself. I mean, some people are like, well, Christmas is all supposed to be about joy and I like feeling good. So I don't want that depressing stuff anywhere near me. Well, 
you're going to get even more joy from feeling deeply with that other person because you, you, you'll, you'll be making a difference and be helping them feel joy at Christmas time. Think about how you can relieve their suffering. You know, it may be something really small. It may be something pretty big, but, you know, be open to that. And chances are, if it's easy, you could do more. Um, compassion is, um, you know, it requires emotion and it requires inconvenience a lot of times. And if you, you know, find yourself keeping a safe distance and not really feeling inconvenient, um, there's much more you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just also add to, um, to pray for opportunities too, because there are so many opportunities out there. Sometimes I often hear people say like, well, I'm just, you know, too busy to kind of do something like that right now. Could be just as simple as checking on your neighbor across the street that you know has health issues or something just like that, um, that doesn't maybe take a, a lot of time or isn't as grand of a gesture as you think, you know, you need to do when it comes to compassion. All right. Well, thank you so much for this discussion today. And we thank all of our listeners. And uh, if you have any questions on this topic or any others, please let us know. You can reach us at podcast at christianliferesources.com. We'll see you back next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Life Challenges podcast from Christian Life Resources. Please consider subscribing to this podcast, giving us a review wherever you access it, and sharing it with friends. We're sure you have questions on today's topic or other life issues. Our goal is to help you through these tough topics, and we want you to know we're here to help. You can submit your questions, as well as comments or suggestions for future episodes at lifechallenges.us or email us at podcast at christianliferesources.com. In addition to the podcasts, we include other valuable information at lifechallenges.us, so be sure to check it out. For more about our parent organization, please visit christianliferesources.com. May God give you wisdom, love, strength, and peace in Christ for every life challenge.